Here we go. Dave Jaslow, Rob Woodford, Dave Preston, George Wallace. This is the weekly get-together that uh, we know is the D.C. Sports Hunter. We appreciate your time. We got a whole lot to talk about this week. need to tell you it's sponsored by MGM National Harbor. It's time to change the game at Bet MGM Sports. And again, we uh, appreciate uh, their support. I didn't mean to put the French accent on sports. Let me say that again. Bet MGM Sports. This is what happens when you get up in a hotel room and it happens at 3 in the morning. You, you can't talk when we're taping this midday. But we do have a lot to talk about. It's what you guys were talking about yesterday. I, last night, Rob Woodfork, I was talking about this morning, the retirement of Ryan Zimmerman. And just also, one thought occurred to me. It just goes to show you the minute you say you're never going to see something like this again, be careful what you say. And I remember when Cal Ripken Jr. retired, uh, we all thought, uh, I think at the time, well, never going to see that again. A, a elite player spend his entire team career with one team uh, go out on his own terms. Cal Ripken did. Ryan Zimmerman did. He, just like one of his idols, Cal Ripken, uh, Zimmerman from start to finish in Washington. Uh, and it's going to be a long time, if ever, before somebody uh, claims the term Mr. National. I think he always will be Mr. National. But I just also preface that saying by be careful what you say now, because 10 years, it might be different. But we're celebrating Ryan Zimmerman today. George Wallace, we'll start with you. Yeah, I mean, you know, you it's it's funny the kind of the similarities too between he and Cal as far as great family person, you know, spends is going to live here in town, uh, you know, always in the community, always visible, and uh, just just a guy that you just you, you want to hang out with. I mean, he's a guy you just want to hang out with, Ryan Zimmerman. But uh, well, a great story. Uh, he will always be Mr. National, the very first draft pick from this organization back in two thousand five. And uh, just, you know, he, he had always said, it, and, and you like to hear it, that it's, it's, little, it's fresh too. When he came to the end of the contract, he said, look, money's not a thing for me right now. If I want to keep playing, I want to do it. Well, I sign here. I can't see myself playing for another team and another organization. You don't hear that much. You hear guys chasing the money a lot, but this, Ryan Zimmerman was different. I mean, from day one, you could tell a, a fan favorite. And uh, just again, because of from where he came from, and what he was able to put out on the field and in the community. There won't be another Ryan Zimmerman. There won't be another uh, Mr. National. And they should retire his number the first opportunity they get this year. Because let's face it, too, there may not be many exciting moments at Nationals Park this year with this team. So you want to get people in the stands. <laughs> Pick a day where you're going to retire Ryan Zimmerman's number, Ryan Zimmerman Day. A great, great career. Hats off to him. And uh, it, was, it was great watching his entire career here in D.C. As I said this morning, there would never be enough standing ovations to give Ryan Zimmerman. So there's yeah. another excuse to give Ryan Zimmerman a standing ovation, bring him back to the ballpark, retire his number. Uh, Dave Preston, you spent a lot of hours at that ballpark. And what's amazing about Ryan Zimmerman, uh, you know, we say, you know, there, there may be another guy like him, but he is the first one. And it, it is so perfect that he came in when the Nationals came in way back when in 2005, the first ever draft pick. There was a stretch when he was probably the only reason worth going to the ballpark. When he was putting up 100 RBI seasons and they had uh, misspelled uniform, uniform numbers. I think his, they, they had Natinals on, on, on Ryan Zimmerman, yep. his jersey. <laughs> they had an exploding sausage sandwich story that you need to do a deep dive on the internet to believe. Uh, they, they, they were a, a comedy of errors on the field. It took a while for this franchise, once they brought Mike Rizzo in, to get the right pieces in place. And for the longest time, Ryan Zimmerman was the only reason to go to the ballpark and see this 100 loss team play finally when they got good that's when his health when his injury problems started if you look at his first eight years they were fantastic and you could make the case that ryan zimmerman's first eight years in a nationals uniform playing a defensive position like third base putting up those offensive numbers 
he was on track to become a borderline, uh, you know, Hall of Fame possibility. The last eight years, not so much offensively. Uh, he didn't. He didn't play a lot. Of, I think he averaged under 100 games per season his last eight years in the bigs. And he went from playing a defensive position to playing an offensive position. So there's that in there as well. But what a career he had and what a guy on and off the field. You never heard anything bad about him going 80 miles in a 43 or, you know, they don't have 43 miles, but you know what I mean? Going 85 in a 40, uh, just, or or being a knuckleheader or, or getting choked or being the choker in the dugout or just, you know, doing ridiculous things, a, a class act. And I, I kind of feel old now because I, here's a guy who was a kid when I first started covering him and now he's done. And I, you just wish him the best. You know, that I think he's probably going to have a role of some sort with this organization, whether it's on TV with their package on Masson or whether it's in the front office, whatever Ryan Zimmerman, whatever Ryan Zimmerman wants to do, he will do. Um, two more thoughts about Zim. Even though he was a shell of his former self offensively, he hit that home run in the World Series. He also had that broken bat single in the wild card game in the eighth inning. He doesn't get that. And that was the cinematic textbook broken bat single. And he doesn't get that. There is no 2019 uh, World Series champion uh, in Washington because that was such a big hit right there. And second, he finally got a salt line open in my neighborhood in Boston. So he goes out a winner in my book. We're going to get the favorite memories. You you kind of you touched on that, but real quick, I, I my favorite memory, if you will, it's not a memory, but it's just the Ryan's room went out strong, including contributing in the World Series with that that home run, uh, the the first Nationals home run in in a World Series, and also the fact that after 2020, he still wanted to come back for another season. No, there was no guarantee there was going to be another World Series, and obviously it went the complete opposite direction. But he didn't want to go out not being on the field. He could have. Uh, tied it all up with the 2019 World Series and say, all right, won the World Series. I'm getting out of here. He wanted to come back for one more season. I think that says a lot about him. Rob? Yeah, and uh, the thing about Ryan Zimmerman in Washington, uh, it's very rare that you have a player and a team that are so inextricably linked. I mean, it's almost like a symbiotic relationship in a sense because, yes, he was their first draft pick. And, you know. It was like Ripken. Right. And that's the thing. It's like to hit it, to to hit that, I mean, you know, pun intended out of the ballpark. I mean, that's (laughs) any one of the biggest moments in nationals history, either he was on the field for, or he was the guy swinging the bat. The fascinating statistic that uh, ESPN pulled last night is that his 11 walk-off home runs, not hits, home runs, Mm -hmm. Only 10 players have done that in Major League Baseball history, and one of them was the first draft pick in Nationals history. So, uh, you know, he he was clutch. He was productive. I mean, he, he feels like more than a two-time All-Star to us uh, and, uh, you know, got the gold glove in 2009, two-time Silver Slugger. I mean, just, just a terrific career. And, uh, and quite frankly, the Nationals – needed this kind of guy i mean to i mean they were for all intents and purposes that was an expansion team and to have this guy be the one to sort of carry the torch for you throughout to uh, to this point anyway your history i mean just you couldn't ask for anything better if you're the nationals and from his standpoint and he said this in his uh, parting remarks you know um he he said basically it was my pleasure because you're playing professional baseball 
not far from home. He's a Virginia kid, uh, you know, grew up down in uh, uh, Virginia Beach area, went to UVA. So, you know, this is as close to playing for his hometown team as he gets. So just uh, you, could, you couldn't ask for a better storybook um, marriage than Ryan Zimmerman in the Nationals. And real quick, you know, last year he what 14 home runs, uh, you know, he still was producing. So you, and I wonder if they hadn't blown the team up, does he come back now that there's a universal DH and you think maybe the team's in a conversation for a pennant or something, you know, I think a lot changed in, you know, July 31st in his outlook too. Maybe not make he, you know, maybe not, but you know, you see everybody gone. Dave Preston, what did we say yesterday? Seven, seven guys left from that. Seven guys, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, seven. All, all of his friends are gone. He's like looking around, like where all my friends go. So you wonder if they hadn't blown this team up, would he have given it a shot with the Universal DH to come back and play? And I had to stop thinking about who the seven were. I mean, <laughs> Dave yeah. kind of quizzed me on that yesterday. Me too. And I could only <laughs> name like three. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. I mean, what George and I were saying yesterday, they, yeah, only seven. And they're the wrong seven. They're not yeah, the right. seven. They're right. the big. Um, and to touch on, on our points, guys, you you don't often have a cradle-to-grave player like Ryan Zimmerman, who's from the area, too, as, as Rob mentioned, who was good and, and productive through the end of his career and finishes his entire stay in one city. It, it happens from time to time, I think, uh, what, Lou Whitaker, Alan Trammell uh, with the Tigers – um, but more often than not, you see a case for my New England people out there, Carlton Fisk, a kid who grew up in Vermont, New Hampshire, who winds up leaving the Red Sox halfway through his career that really broke everybody's heart. There was no heartbreak in Washington with Ryan Zimmerman and, uh, and, and a, a son of the region, as, as Rob touched upon, too, that when you saw Ryan Zimmerman at a Caps playoff game, I think it, it, one of the Stanley Cup games, uh, you know, cheering them on with the let's go Caps wearing the helmet. It felt genuine. You actually believed it. You actually believed he was really into the playoffs. Same with Max Scherzer, too. But you really felt that uh, as opposed to a lot of Major League Baseball players who spend time in the area, you feel that Ryan Zimmerman with his foundation, with, with everything that he and his wife have done off the field, you really feel that he is investing in the Washington area. And not only am I happy to, you know, you know, call him a guy that I covered all these years, but I'm really happy that he's a citizen of this beltway. That's a good point. And you mentioned foundation. And again, it's very Ripken like completing the whole career with one team and an amazing career. And Cal Ripken is very active with the Cal Ripken Senior Foundation, which honors his father and, and performs some of the work with the kids in, in a lot of areas in this area, including uh, Prince George's County, where they're about to develop. A, a, a sports complex, which will include baseball in an underserved area. And that's uh, something that was very near and dear to Cal Rick and Senior's heart. And the Zims Foundation with Ryan and Heather that is supporting MS patients and their families, that, that's something that, that really hits home with me. Uh, having multiple sclerosis, Ryan Zimmerman's quote, as we presented uh, Ryan and, and Heather Zimmerman with the Champion Award from the MS Society, that, that uh, one bad day of MS is, is tougher than anything he will ever face in baseball. And while, fortunately, my multiple sclerosis is not that bad yet, uh, having been a child of multiple sclerosis, my mom had it, I can attest that that is true. When you can't hold your head up uh, and you can't swallow, uh, that is a bad day. And you probably would rather face a curveball than deal with, with some of those challenges that, that uh, uh, my mother dealt with. And, and it was something that the Zims Foundation does for families. They hold a kids camp. The purpose is to get kids that are the, the children of parents 
of multiple sclerosis a chance at normalcy uh, for a, a short period of time to forget the challenges and the problems. And, and again, that's something I can attest to having grown up with a mother in a wheelchair who had that uh, disease. So um, uh, it, the connection between him and Ripken is similar to their uh, not only wanting to excel uh, as members of the team and be good teammates, but also be good citizens. And I mean, you know, we're all we're all old enough, gentlemen, to the point where we're not buying jerseys at the drop of a hat. A couple of years ago, I did a piece for yourself. and oh, said, man, hey, we're too old jersey would I buy? I years ago I would have bought a, I, I had a I had a list of three or four. A Sonny Jurgensen, old school, burgundy and gold, George Allen era road jersey. I would have bought that one. I would have bought an old school caps jersey. Uh, you know, from back, you know, in the day before they went to the Teal Eagle and stuff like that. An old bullets jersey. Uh, Tom McMillan, of course, uh, you know, the, with, with the stripes and, uh, you know, dare I, 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 for the longest time, it's like, if there were a nationals Jersey, I would buy, it would be Scherzer's, but you know, you, you gotta love what Ryan Zimmerman stood for as a player. And as a guy in the organization, he was always the calmest voice in that clubhouse, no matter if the team was, you know, winning 10 in a row or losing 15 straight and Matt Williams was about ready to get <laughs> thrown out. Uh, he, he was always a very calming force. And George and I uh, and uh, Jonathan Warner, who was with us as well at the time, had a chance to cover the clubhouse after uh, some of their playoff wins. And we, we don't outwardly root for these guys. We're not fanboys, but there was something really cool seeing the joy in Ryan Zimmerman's face when they won that wild card game. And George, you know, I know that you, you were in there after the World Series to see just to, these to see, to be a witness to just the happiness that these guys felt, even though happiness in sports is fleeting, it's the next day, it's the next season. But uh, it was just, it's, it's nice that Ryan Zimmerman got to climb the mountaintop once because so many guys who play this game don't get a chance to be a champion. And, uh, and so many regions Washington for the longest time didn't have a champion in one of the four major sports, obviously DC United, the castles, they do great uh, spirit as well. But for the longest time, there was a drought in this area of the four major sports that everyone talks about. And so just it's so nice to see Ryan Zimmerman leave on his on his own terms and leave a champion forever. And no, it's not germane to the conversation, you. but they, the four major sports bit, I'm going to put a stop to that right now. When you're Major League Soccer, now I'm not kidding anymore. When you're Major League Soccer and you average over 21,000 a game and you've been around for 28 years now or 27 years and you're building half billion dollar stadiums. You tell me that's not a major sport. The, 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 the statement that there are only four major sports in this country has to stop. It's like saying we can only have a certain number of this because that's the way it was in 1935. If we did everything like we did in 1935, there wouldn't be a sports huddle because we wouldn't have the technology. I mean, not four four major get sports to sleep I wouldn't be allowed on it. No, there's, 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 five, major, there's oh. five major sports. There's five major sports. At least, and you look at any metric, the four major is ridiculous. I'm sorry, but I, I got it. That does drive me nuts, and people will laugh at me. But get me in the debate. Show me the metrics. No, and, what's and funny? No, I was la I was laughing because I knew you were going to say that. As soon as he said that, I was like, "Oh, here comes Dave. Here comes yeah, Dave. Well, Dave's no, coming off the top but, rope." <laughs> but but if you're an owner of a team that just built a 400 million dollar stadium that's helping to renovate. Southeast DC or Southwest DC, that whole area down there, and you put four hundred million dollars. That's a lot of money. Do, do any of us have four hundred million dollars? No. If you do that, and then somebody doesn't call you a major sport and lumps you in with 
the Castles, with all due respect, a, a team that's not even around anymore? That's not correct. Five-time champion. No, hey, Five-time yeah, champion that's not around uh, anymore. It's not yeah. around anymore. That didn't build a half a billion dollar stadium. So this this stuff where you get lump them together, that that's incorrect. Okay. That's well, I come to praise Ryan Zimmerman not to bury Major League Soccer, gentlemen. <laughs> I was going to say that, no. Actually, to that uh, to to that point about the uh, Ryan Zimmerman though, we've been very fortunate. As much as we complain about not getting championships and stuff like that in DC, and I mean, obviously, we've had some of that success here in recent years, but. I mean, we've been very blessed to have guys who uh, who've had those long careers with one team. You look at a Ryan Zimmerman, you look at a Alex Ovechkin, um, and I know I'm dating myself a little bit, but Daryl Green played here for 20 mm-hmm. years. Only he's one of only uh, three players in NFL history to do that, play with one team for 20 years. So, uh, I mean, we've we've been very fortunate, almost concurrently, to have uh, to have some great players stay for a long while and be inextricably linked to those teams. And what, you know, you could throw Max in there too. Max for seven years, Scherzer, seven years. Uh, one other thing about to Dave's point about Zimmerman in that clubhouse, he was, he was also a guy that, that got it. He was a guy, he knew that regardless wins or losses, he's the face. He's the, he knew that he had to talk to the media. Like he got it. He understood it. Some guys would go and hide, but Zim gets it. Some it, teams going through a slump. Go at the way street. He's going to stand in front of his locker and talk because he understood his obligation to. I mean, and like I said, a lot of guys run away and hide from it, but he understood his obligation as being the guy, the face of the franchise that media and the fans want to hear from. He that that was another part of him that he understood and, and that, that that went a long way. I think as far as the media, especially when Dave showed up wearing his jersey in the clubhouse that time. That was you know, <laughs> hey <laughs> hey, you're not allowed to do that. You're not allowed to do that. You know, and along the lines of the Nationals, we mentioned only seven guys left. It's amazing that the Nats won their championship after the Capitals, yet the Capitals nucleus is still there for the most part. And Ryan Zimmerman is technically older than Alex Ovechkin, but. You know, baseball years and hockey years, there's there's somewhat of a calibration there where, you know, a 36-year-old hockey player is the equivalent, I think, maybe to a 42- or 43-year-old baseball player. And the fact that Ovi, you know, setting, uh, you know, 30 goals, you know, just a tangent off that, it's amazing that these guys came in together. Ovechkin's still skating despite being in a more physically demanding sport. And the Capitals are still, even though they're on the fringes of the playoff race right now, they're still a team that's built to win while the nationals who won more recently are in a complete revamp at this moment. All right. I think we, uh, Ryan Zimmerman, again, it's, it's just a wonderful combination of somebody uh, not only competes on the field, but is, as I said, a champion off the field in so many ways. And we're so excited that, uh, yeah, they're not going anywhere. They're not going to Palm Springs to, to retire. This is, this is still going to be their community and, and no doubt they'll still be involved. Uh, quickly, you want to put a, any final thoughts on the Super Bowl? Because only three points separated those two teams. Yeah, what a playoff, guys! What a playoff! Outside of Super Wildcard Weekend, which was as bloated as the day after Christmas, when you you've had ham and scalloped potatoes beyond belief. Uh, every game decided by single digits. Uh, one possession games. Everything went down to the wire. It felt like an NCAA tournament, but where but where there are no one versus 16 games every game was decided in the last few minutes and despite what football does I've got issues with what they do with Thursday night games with guys on minimal rest 
uh, the 17, eventually an 18 game season, playing your championship in mid February when late January was just fine 20 years ago, the 9:30 a.m. games in London. But you know what? When you've got great product, people will, you know, you, you, you can't turn away. And again, it's one of the most watched uh, pro, the most watched program, you know, the entire year. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll take my hat off to the NFL. Uh, what bothers me is that you'll turn on sports radio guys and they'll be like, what am I going to do now? There's no football. Oh, we got no games for eight months. There's a lot of sports out there from, you know, uh, you know, the NBA, the NHL, major league soccer, college hoops, college lacrosse, read a book, go outside, take a walk. But, uh, you know, football was what – what a great season it was, guys. What a great playoff and what a great Super Bowl. Uh, yeah, and uh, and also I in my column I wrote on WTOP.com, just the – you know, what this Super Bowl sort of proved is that you can go all in on a championship and come out on top. A lot of times we associate the, you know, all in – attitude with you know the 2000 Washington team that uh, you know the fortune 500 team that went eight and eight even though they went out and spent on a bunch of free agents uh, you know you think about the dream team uh, Eagles in 2011 that also finished eight and eight even though people had Super Bowl aspirations for them because they got a bunch of big names not only did the Rams get big names a most of them were homegrown and b the guys that they did get uh, we're, we're a good fit for what it was that they were doing. So uh, I, I think it shows that there's more than one way to get to a Super Bowl. And I, you know, and I did sort of draw the uh, parallel to what Washington is doing right now. Uh, now is the time to go all in for a quarterback because you look at their roster. I mean, we talked about this a little bit last week, you know, their offensive line is not a liability like the Bengals. I mean, they're, they're not going to get a quarterback killed anyway, uh, like the Bengals are. So I think you look at kind of where they are as, you know, as a franchise. And I know there's a lot of stuff going on in the ownership suite, but I think the Washington spirit just proved that that can be overcome. So if Washington can get their hands on one of these top tier quarterbacks and, uh, and, and sort of maximize this, this window of having some really good productive players on rookie contracts, you know, they, they could make that leap like the Bengals did. Make a great point because the offensive line is arguably the most important line of, of the two lines, arguably, I, I say. But to the, the Bengals in that Super Bowl, they held up as long as their offensive line held up. And when all those sacks started to come in the second half, that turned out to be the difference in the game. So in some ways, it was a credit to the Bengals offensive line. They held up that long against that Rams defensive line, which I thought was going to get the Joe Burrow uh, from the start. But it just proves you cannot get sacked nine or ten times. Oh, what did he get sacked? Seven times, I guess. But yeah. it felt like nine. Super, they have Super Bowl record, though. So. <laughs> Super Bowl, yes. Roger Stahlbeck was the only other one. Uh, and it, But to your the other point is, it also shows that um, it has to be the right fit and opportunity. Clearly, there was some chemistry with with uh, Matthew Stafford, and, and he wanted to go to, to that place, the Rams uh, specifically, uh, and it fit. And it was the right collection of players that they brought in. You can't just do this on paper. You can you can have the money, but we've seen it in every sport. You bring them together and your great plans at a Super Bowl or an NBA title or whatever it is uh, all ends up uh, as just a bad investment. It, it was a different story in Los Angeles. Well, One more takeaway, guys. Sean McVay, years ago, he went to the Mortons and Rest and was looking for a Pinot Noir. His server got him in touch with a Ponzi. Pinot Noir. Since then, Sean McVay has been living the best life on and off the field. His career has skyrocketed. 
All thanks to somebody who recommended a Pinot Noir from the Willamette Valley. We'll leave that person nameless. Oh, wow. Nameless. So then so then you're going to be the next head coach in the NFL because anybody who's been within uh, arm's length of him uh, ends up getting a head coaching job. So I've got, I've, 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 I've got a call after for the this. New York Giants. Yeah, I was about to say, congratulations in advance for the New York Giants gig that will <laughs> obviously be open in two years. But no, hey, no, we got to – we got to get to we got to get to the Porzingis trade, my man. Yeah. We can't go without right. talking about that. Yeah, no. Well, yeah. The uh, look, the Wizards talk about chemistry and fit and opportunity. It, it, <laughs> it wasn't working. It shows on yeah. paper. You try something. The record said it wasn't working. It, it should have, as I said, it, it was not a team that was going to win ten of every thirteen games. But at the time the trade was made, they had lost eight of ten. Uh, they should have been better than a two and eight uh, team at that point. So. Uh, all you can do is is listen closely to the comments of players now that it was not working from a chemistry standpoint, and that was translating on the court. And now we'll see what it is going forward. And the key, like always in the NBA, where there's only five players on the court at a time, if you lose a key player, it really has an impact. If Kristaps Porzingis, though, can stay healthy, he is a player that can have an impact. And quite frankly, in that trade, you shed a a contract Davis Bertans that was looking way overpaid because he couldn't make a shot. Yeah, the Porzingis deal. Uh, I, look, I was more excited about that than I think most people are. Most people are like, why would you do that? He's hurt all the time. And it, and to be fair, it does smell. I'm old enough to remember the Mark Price trade. And I mean, that was a bona fide star player uh, with the Cavaliers. And he barely played, he barely played with the Bullets. But Let me just uh, add to that before you go on about Mark Price. Yeah. We didn't know what plantar fasciitis was until right. that, that happened. Yeah. And right. this was before Google. And you talk about a real challenge. I can still remember calling a foot doctor trying to get a, a hold on this. You couldn't just Google plantar fasciitis. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, 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 no. I mean, and, and that's the thing. It's like I was a kid when that happened. So I don't even remember the ins and outs of it quite that now you didn't well. have to say that. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but poor Zingas, man, look, if he's healthy, then, I mean, I'm not going to say that you have a big three, but if you're a Wizards fan, uh, you have to be excited about the prospect of having Bradley Beal, Porzingis healthy, and uh, Kyle Kuzma. I mean, that's that's not a bad trio of guys to have if you can fit the right pieces in place around them. So, I, I'm look, I, I, I know it's a big if, but if Porzingis is healthy, that's a special player that, uh, that, that could transform your franchise. And that's the kind of luck the Wizards are going to have to have if they're going to make that leap up into the upper echelon of the, uh, you know, the Eastern Conference and of the NBA. So I'm, I, I'm, I'm a fan of the move. As, as GM yeah. Tommy Shepard said, don't be afraid of big swings, which is what yeah. Jerry West told him. And it, it's a big swing, Dave. Yeah, I, I think that, uh, you know, last week we said that uh, they've got to thin the herd in some way, shape or form, because there were 11, 12 guys expecting minutes. They need to trim the fat, so to speak. Um, little did we know that Bradley Beal was going to be done, you know, we, we, in, in that stretch as well. Um, but I think you look at, uh, you know, they got rid of four players. They brought in three. They got a draft pick, some cash considerations. You know, the upside for Zingas, if he produces, that is huge. And as we met, you know, the, you get a home run for that. Uh, and the, so many teams go into the trading deadline looking to get singles and or doubles. And I think uh, you got to give – Tommy Shepard, some props. You you win the op. You you can't constantly be up there free swinging like Steve Balboni, but you but you you have to be selective, more like Ryan Zimmerman. When there's a chance, you have a chance to walk it off. And uh, 
who knows if this is going to be a walk-off deal or if it's even going to be a ground rule double, but I think that they had to do something and they got rid of uh, the right players in this mix, the right contracts. And uh, they kept, you know, by keeping Kuzma, that's obviously a huge thing. And uh, hopefully fingers crossed guys will come back healthy next fall. And in between now and then they'll win some games and they'll continue to develop the younger guys. Again, when I talk about chemistry, that's not to uh, try to indict anybody that left as being a bad guy. That's not the case. It's just like any, think about your own workplace. It can be a, a good person, but for whatever reason, it's it's not the fit with how your, your team works. Uh, oh, and, and relationships. I mean, how many right. relationships have you been in where, you know, I mean, it just didn't work out and it wasn't oh, any one person's fault. It's just a bad mix. No. And, and it's like vanilla extract. Does anybody say I'm going to have dessert tonight because of the vanilla extract? No, but it's a part of the cake in some way, shape or form. A little bit of cinnamon. Sometimes you put too much cinnamon. Sometimes you put in too much sugar. It's it, uh, every roster. And even though the NBA, it's just, you know, 12 to 15 guys. It's 12 to 15 guys that are together nonstop for nine months. You really need to get the right recipe and it's not, as we mentioned, it's not saying that, the, that bad guys have left the organization. It's just that the right mix of the ingredients wasn't there long term. Yeah, no, you look at the record where they were, and it, it clearly wasn't working. And, and so uh, when you have a chance, and they didn't just throw away players for nothing. Again, the Chris, Christoph Porzingis, if he stays healthy, and, and, you know, you hope it's not as big an if, but look, if can, uh, I'll give you a classic example of how you can never predict, and we'll, we'll end on this, predict the future uh, of health of a player. And, and this is no fault to Michael Jordan. But I remember at the time, Michael Jordan thought Rip Hamilton is too, you know, he was looked like about 185 pounds dripping wet. He thought, well, he, he's too fragile. He's probably not going to make, make it long-term in the NBA. And it, it was hard to argue with that. I mean, the way the fouls and et cetera, et cetera. Well, Rip Hamilton did survive and did just fine. So, and again, that's not a criticism of Michael Jordan. It's just that you cannot predict the future. A player can be, injured all the time and suddenly he's healthy for 10 years and wins a title or something like that. So, yeah. Didn't uh, Frank Gore tear an ACL in college and then he ends up having that ridiculously right. long career in the NFL. So, yeah. I mean, to that point. Yeah. Gentlemen, before we go, uh, I know that uh, it's NBA all-star weekend coming up. Something of local interest. Howard is going to be playing Morgan state uh, at the all-star site this Saturday. Uh, I was planning on covering the game when I first thought it was at Burr Gymnasium. It's not. It's in Cleveland, so I will not be going there. Yeah, or if I would, it'd be rather ridiculous. But this is the first time they've done this, uh, you know, honoring two HBCUs, uh, you know, playing, uh, you know, the same weekend as the All-Star game. So uh, the Bison are having a great year. They've won five straight. They have a chance to have a winning record for the first time in 20 years. Great job by uh, Kenny Blakeney, uh, you know, in it uh, with the Bison. So, uh and Morgan State is no uh, no slouch either. So it should be a good game on the big stage this Saturday at four uh, four or two. I won't be driving there because it's in Cleveland, but a great chance to see some good basketball. It's not a bad drive. Uh, Tom, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen it before. Uh, no. Uh, uh, Time is about up. Uh, thank you for spending some time with us on the DC Sports Huddle, sponsored by our good friends at MGM National Harbor. It's time to change the game at, at MGM Sports. We'll see you next week. Break.